everybody, welcome back. New Hope Radio. Hope Club Podcast. Oh, yeah. We are ready to go with the Word of God. Got a good one today, I'll tell you what. You might find it encouraging or you might find it challenging. But wherever you are, it's God's Word. So it's going to be beneficial, I'll tell you that. We're talking about what does it mean to live in Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus and you accepted Him as your Savior, your life is in Him and His life is in you. So like, okay, now what? What does that look like? Well, it's about spiritual growth. But what does spiritual growth look like? Here's what we've seen so far. That we really begin with God by receiving His love. And we do that through the sacrifice of His own Son for our sins. That's the starting line right there. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. When you accept Him as your Savior, boom, now you're in. And why did God send His Son? Because He loves us with an agape, unconditional love. Not because of us, because of Him. God is love. But now He wants to take us beyond that. He wants to take us beyond unconditional love to a personal friendship love. See, when I receive that love and respond by accepting Christ as my Savior, then I respond back to God, loving Him in three different ways. I love Him in my circumstances. That means I love Him through my circumstances, not because of my circumstances. Okay? Big difference. Sometimes circumstances are good. Sometimes eh, they're not that good. But it it has no effect on my loving God. I love Him through those circumstances. And as the Bible said, as I keep loving God, He He works all things together for good. All I have to do is, oh yeah, just keep on loving Him, okay? That's the key. Secondly, I respond back to loving God through my relationships with others. Think about it. I love God by loving His people. Did you ever think of that? We talked about that last time. In 1 John 4.20, John said, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, uh uh-oh, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has seen, or whom he has not seen. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't love his brother because he has seen him, and he irritates him. But the point is, Listen, if you say you love God that you cannot see, you have to love your brother because he's right in front of you who you can see. See, this is what makes the Christian life practical and appealing to those who are far from God. Okay? That's the idea, isn't it? That we want the Christian life to make sense to others. You cannot argue against love. Love is a sacrificial endeavor for the good of another person. Maybe that's what we need to understand, the definition of love. It's not a sentimental feeling. 
It's a sacrificial endeavor for the good of another person. That's love. And then thirdly, we mentioned last time that love has with it a duty. And we love God because of that duty. Where again, John said, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So our obedience to him is a sign of our love for him. Okay? Very simple. Our obedience to him is a sign of our love for him. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the next level of what it means to live in Christ. And we're going to talk about loving each other in community. Because what is community? It's the church body, the church family. Oh, and it has two aspects, locally and worldwide. See, the body of Christ has local entities, the local church, but it is also worldwide, the universal church. People that believe in Jesus all over the world, every tongue, tribe, and nation. Okay? So, that's why Paul could say in Romans 12, 5, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So it's like your human body, there's only one of you, but there are many members to your body. There's only one body of Christ, but there are many members to that body. So let's learn today what it looks like when we love each other in community. And remember, the Apostle Paul also said to Timothy, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The goal of our instruction is not to have a big spiritual head. It's not to win arguments. It's not to look smarter than other people. The goal of our instruction is love. To love others with God's love. Okay? All right. I'm going to give you today 25 ways that we are to love each other in community. Wow. 25 ways. All spiritually based, biblically based. So get in the driver's seat, rev up your engines, because I'll tell you what. These 25 ways, we're going to zip right through them. And this is what makes life in Christ a reality. Loving each other in community. I find this in the one another's of the Bible. A very simple study. The one another's of the Bible. Okay? So here we go. Number one, Romans 12.10. What does it mean to love each other in community? Be devoted to one another and brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Now, to be devoted to one another means to cherish one another. To give preference to one another means to yield to them or give them the right of way, right? Like that yield sign on the highway, on the exit. When you've got the yield sign, you give them, the other driver, the right of way. So Paul says, listen, give preference to one another in love. Give them the right of way. It's okay. Number two, 
Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. The word is haughty. Don't be like, oh, all high and lifted up. Associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Okay? So, to be of the same mind means that, you know what? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. No one's better than someone else. Even James says, you know what? Once you walk in the church, we're all equal. The rich are equal to the poor. The free are equal to the slave. We're all equal. So be of the same mind toward one another. Thirdly, Romans fourteen thirteen. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. That word judge is the word crino, and it means to condemn. And why is it we as the body of Christ can't condemn each other? Because Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there is now, oh, no condemnation. None. Nada. For those who are in Christ Jesus. So, if God doesn't condemn us, then we can't condemn each other either. Who are we to condemn other members of the body of Christ when God doesn't even do it? Okay? Number four. Romans fourteen nineteen. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. What are we talking about? We're talking about loving each other in community and we're using all of the one another's of the Bible. This is the good study for a home group. Get all the one another's out. Or even in church. Look up every place that says one another and see all the positive aspects of our relationships with each other. Pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Building up, the word is oikodomeo, and it means to build a house. It speaks of edification. Edify one another. Let me tell you something. The world will tear you down. It's up to Christians to build us up. That's the place where we can go, where we can be built up after being torn down all week by the world. Number five, Romans fifteen seven, Accept one another, just as Christ also has accepted us to the glory of God. That's a good one. Accept means to, hey, receive one another like Jesus received you. Same thing. You know, when I look at my life, and I look at my sinful life before salvation, and believe me, it wasn't that great after salvation either. But I think of how Jesus accepted me and received me. And it's very humbling to make me want to accept others as well, because Christ accepted me. It's very humbling when you realize how God has wrapped his arms around you and loved you and received you in spite of who you are. And then he says, now do that to one another. That's loving each other in community. That's what it means to live in Christ. Number six, Romans fifteen fourteen, admonish one another. Now that's important. Admonish means to reprove gently. You know, there are times, yeah, we all need to stand corrected. We don't get it right all the time. And we need to either be reproved 
or reprove someone who's making a mistake, going down the wrong road. That's love. Love is not agreeing with the sin of someone. Love is standing up and saying, you know what? That's not a good idea. That's really against what the Word of God says. You need to repent. You need to turn around and go in a different direction. That's what we do in love. Number seven, in Romans sixteen sixteen, greet one another. And literally, it means to enfold, to welcome. And you know, that's an important part of a church, everybody. All of you that go to church, right? One of the most important things that you can do in church is to welcome people. Ask yourself, is my church a welcoming church? Is it a church where only people that know each other talk to each other? Or is it a church that welcomes all kinds of people? And if there's one thing the visitor is looking for, it's acceptance and to be welcomed and to be shown that they matter. And the greatest thing that you can do for your church is to welcome the stranger, welcome the visitor, reach out and greet them and embrace them and say, so good to see you. I'm so-and-so. Who are you? People look for that. That will get them coming back. But if it's a church that's kind of cliquish and not very welcoming, guess what? They're not coming back. They're not. That's why Paul could say, welcome other people. Greet them when they come. Number eight, in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-five, care for one another. You know what care means? To think about other people. Take thought for them. You know, sometimes we have a tendency, we say, how you doing? They go, oh, hanging in there, and then we walk away. Oh, that's good. But if you read between the lines or look at their eyes, you might say, they're not doing that good. So you inquire, how's it go? what's the matter? What's going on? What can I do for you? How can I help you? Come out over here. Talk to me. That's taking thought. That's caring. You know, we so easily just offer up uh, an expression and walk away. But take an interest in people. That's loving in community. Number nine, Galatians 5.13, serve one another. And you know what the word serve means? To be a slave. Serve each other. You know, even Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and give my life a ransom for many. When you serve, you are noble because Jesus added nobility to servanthood. So when you serve someone, you're esteeming them. You're doing all the things we're talking about. You're edifying them. You're you're doing the next thing that I'm talking about, number 10, Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens. Help carry the load. It means to lift that burden. Help them. And sometimes we do that just by listening. Don't be too busy to listen to someone. One of the greatest needs people have today is to be heard, is to know that someone is listening, that they're they're valued enough to be listened to. They need that. Number 11, I'm I'm ripping right through these things. That's okay. You can go to the Hope Club podcast and hear it again. Ephesians 4.2. This one's important. Show tolerance 
for one another. You know what tolerance is? Put up with them. (laughs) Endure. Bear with them. We live in a very intolerant age. People that want tolerance don't give tolerance. You ever notice that? But we need to show tolerance for one another. Don't be so quick to judge. But bear up with people. Put up with people. Everybody's got idiosyncrasies. Everybody's got something that needs to be tolerated. Okay? Number 12. Halfway there. Ephesians 4.25. Speak the truth, each one. You know why that's important? Pagans taught a lie could be preferred sometimes over truth. They said, well, you know what? Sometimes it's good to lie. And God's on the scene like, no, no, speak the truth. You know what? Truth never changes. Truth is always truth. And that's why if someone's in a sin, you don't encourage it. You speak the truth gently. You say, listen, this is what scripture says. There's a lot of talk lately about going to gay weddings. Have you, have you heard a lot of that stuff? And sentimentality says, well, I'm going to go because of love. But truth says, I can't go because of truth. Truth has to take precedence because truth is Christ and Christ is truth. Okay. Number 13. Ephesians 4.32, what does it mean to love in community? Be kind to one another. Kind has a twofold meaning. It means gracious. It also means useful. When you're kind, you're useful. Once again, the world is like a grinding machine. It'll chew people up and spit them out. So we come to the church and we find kindness that there are actually people that can be kind. Yes, you know why? Because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Number 14, in Ephesians 5.21, be subject to one another. Subject means subordinate, to put under. Okay? So it's kind of like, once again, serving someone. You don't have to be all that. You know, when you have a godly confidence, you can be subjected to other people. It can be like, you know, you can just be that noble servant. You can be that person that elevates the other one above yourself because you've got the nobility of Christ reigning in your heart. Number 15, Philippians 2.3, regard one another as more important. That's a good one. This takes humble thinking, servant thinking. Once again, you only find that in the body of Christ. Regard one another as more important. See, in the world, everybody strives to be the most important one. But with Christ, no, they're the important one. You take the back seat, they're the important one. It's an upside-down economy in the kingdom of God, <laughs> upside down from the world. Number 16, Colossians 3.9, don't lie to one another. You know, lying doesn't fit your new nature. It's like, it's like clothes that don't fit. 
If you wear clothes that don't fit, you look silly. And if you lie in the new creation God has made you to be, you look silly. You sound silly. It doesn't line up with who you are. Only truth lines up with who you are. So that's why Paul says, don't lie. Lying accomplishes nothing. It's destructive. Why would you do something that's destructive? Number 17, Colossians 3.13. Let's not leave this one out. Forgive one another. And you know what it means to forgive? To grant them a pardon. Pardon them. That means two things. Number one, I'm not going to hold it against you. And number two, I'm not going to keep bringing it up. Because people have a tendency, they'll say, well, I forgive you, but then, remember when you did that? I thought you forgave it. If you forgave it, it's cast into the deepest part of the sea. You don't keep bringing it up and throwing it in their face. That's not forgiveness. You have pardoned them, and they can go on their way. Number 18, I love these. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, comfort one another. That means to call near, to console, to invite. Like, don't always be in such a hurry that there's no time for people. Jesus walked everywhere he went, and when he was going somewhere, people always kind of like, I'll say interrupted him, and you know what? He stopped, and he ministered to them. He would stop. Blind Bartimaeus, he would stop and he would heal him. The woman that reached out and touched the hem of his garment, he would stop, and he would address her. So even though Jesus had a destination, he still had time for those along the way. And that's what comfort means. Don't let your life be so filled up that you don't have any room for others. Number 19, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. It, you know, that's really the same word for comfort in the previous verse, because comfort is an encouragement. It is. When someone comforts you, you feel encouraged, because why? You matter. You have value. Number 20, got to move along. First Thessalonians 5.13, live in peace with one another. Live peacefully without strife. Some people love to strive. It's like, no, man, don't do that. It's better to be at peace than always striving. Some people, all they know how to do is argue. But that doesn't make life fun. That doesn't make life enjoyable. You know what makes life enjoyable? Peace. Harmony. Peace in the home. Peace at work. Peace at church. Wherever you have people together, Peace makes the journey better. 21, 1 Thessalonians 5.15, seek that which is good for one another. The word good means profitable and beautiful. See, one another means I'm always thinking about somebody else. What's the good that I can do for that person? Not the evil, the good. Number 22, Hebrews 10.24, Stimulate one another. That means to incite or to stir them up. 
This has to do with one's religious affections. Prod them. If you see them falling away from God, provoke them back. Stimulate them back. Say, I mean, you got to get back with God. We need you back there. Come on back. Don't let the devil isolate you. And you, you get them going again. You get them back with God. It's so important because that's what Satan will do. He'll isolate the sheep. Number 23, James 5, 9. Do not complain against one another. Oh, tell me this doesn't go on in the church. Complain means to murmur or to hold a grudge. The church is the place they should, none of this should be going on. And people do it all the time. It's time to start living in Christ and loving in community. And number 24, James 5.16, confess your sins to one another. That doesn't mean go around and blabbing to everybody everything you've done wrong. But it means if you've done something against someone, go to them and apologize and repent. Don't be so prideful. Don't be so arrogant. Say, you know what? I said that and I'm sorry I said it. Or I said that and it hurt you and I didn't mean it for it to hurt you, but it did. Would you forgive me? And you see how it works? That's what keeps unity. And then last but not least, First Peter 4, 9. Be hospitable to one another. Means given to hospitality. Be fond of guests. You know what it means literally? To divide your bread with the hungry. So this is community living in the body of Christ. It's my life in Christ. That's what it is. It's very practical. It's very needful. Oh, and it's very spiritual. You know why? It all comes from God. These are all divine prescriptions on how to live as a Christ follower. Are you serious about your faith? These are the things that draw people to the Christian way of life. And if we can let God's Spirit live through us, the church and the kingdom of God will grow and souls will be redeemed. See, this is your life in Christ. Like I said, this is worth doing a home group on or even a message in church. Go to the Whole Club podcast. Go get it. Take some notes. Write it down. Write down the scriptures. Share them with others. Maybe you've got a group you meet with. Say, this is the reality of what it means to live in Christ. This is what it looks like. Get out there, and I know you can do a good job and glorify God who's in heaven. <laughs>